This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyers Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined today by Kylie Jackson, who is in central Dunedin. She doesn't live there, but that's where she is at work. Welcome, Kylie. Kira Sam. How was your bubble life? My bubble life, I feel a little bit... um... (laughs) uncomfortable saying it was actually a really uh, enjoyable experience for myself and my family. Uh, We were really lucky that uh, my nucleus family was able to be together during that time and also we live on a a really beautiful property. We've got a 40 acre farmlet so it meant that um, whilst I was working at home and whilst my high school aged daughter was also studying from home we also had lots of opportunity to actually get outside and go for walks around the property and uh, do lots of things at home that we normally wouldn't have had the opportunity to do so. Um, It doesn't mean that we weren't really conscious of the the, um, the effect of the lockdown on lots of people, both in our region and our country and, of course, globally. Um, but for us, it was actually quite a positive experience. So where is your farm? So we've, uh, we're just between Waikawaiti and Palmerston. So um, for those who may know the Otago region, that's about a 40-minute drive north from Dunedin. And you stayed there all during lockdown? We absolutely did. Um, We did think in the earlier um, days, just before lockdown actually uh, commenced level four, that it would be possible to travel to to another uh, small property that we have in the Mackenzie country. Um, But of course, the government... um, you know, discourage people from doing that, which is which is totally understandable. So yes, we did spend four weeks straight at home. I think I ventured off the property twice to uh, resupply groceries, but other than that, it was definitely within our boundaries. Yeah, it's certainly a privilege to be stuck at home when home is is a farm. Absolutely, yeah. I've never been more grateful for living rurally uh, before in my life. I think I have to say. <laughs> So the work around you on the farms would have carried on? Yes, absolutely. Uh, We are at the end of a a dead-end road, um, but the top of our road uh, is another farmlet. So, yes, the the farmer there was up every day on his 4x4 motorbike, you know, with the dogs, you know, mustering stock and whatever else. So um, we could hear and see that, and we're also on an elevated site, so we could 
see the main road and we could see traffic and we could see other farms around the region and what was going on. Um, but yeah, again, without leaving home. Everyone in the cities is talking about how the, the bird life came to life during lockdown. Did you notice that in the country as well? Uh, yes, we did. Um, we've always been really blessed because we've got so much native bush on our property that we've always got a really healthy um, healthy bird population. And the bird song at home is just beautiful, another reason why we love being there. Um, so for us, it probably wasn't so much more bird life, but what we really did notice was the traffic noise. So we're about three k's probably as the crow flies from the main highway between Dunedin and Christchurch. And um, it was noticeably uh, less white noise sound pollution uh, when we're outside on the farm. And then of course, first day of level three, incredible difference in noise coming up the, up the hill towards our place. So yeah, really interesting phenomenon to actually notice. There was that moment in those last days of level four when it was quite peaceful and it was like, we're going to lose this. Well, let's not go back to rushing around. But we did. <laughs> yes, we did. We did. Um, my husband can work um, without uh, meeting his clients, so to speak. So level three, he was back to work in Dunedin. And just that immediate change in dynamics within the household had quite a different effect on people's mindset uh, in the level four to level three transition period. How long did it take you to get back into Dunedin? We came back um, to work at level two. Um, we work in an environment where usually we have students coming on site and we often have different events for industry people uh, to liaise with us and so on. But um, because we are governed by some of the tertiary institutions in the South Island, the internal policies there were, of course, to, um, to minimise contacts. That was only staff um, on site during level, level two. Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have Louis Armstrong's What a Wonderful World. Other than it being a nice song, why'd you pick this one? This song is something, uh, it, it, the intention and, and the um, the simplicity of, of noticing the small things in life is something that I like to try to do on a regular basis, um, ideally. Um, at lots of times during the day, but I've just got a, um, a post-it note on my computer screen at home which says be grateful for three, three things each day. And I think this song is trying to encourage people to do that. It's an old classic. Um, who doesn't love Louis Armstrong? I see trees of green Red roses too I see them blue for me and you And I think to myself What a wonderful world I see skies of blue And clouds of white The bright blessed day Dark sacred night, and I think to myself, What a wonderful world! The colors of the rainbow, so 
pretty in the sky Are also on the faces Of people going by I see friends shaking hands Saying how do you do They're really saying I love you I hear babies cry I watch them grow They like much more Than I never knew And I think to myself What a wonderful world Yes, I think to myself What a wonderful So you were able to work from home? Yes, I was. Uh, was really lucky to be able to do that. Um, we have a distributed work team anyway, so we're all quite comfortable with uh, video conferencing meetings on a regular basis and so on. Um, our students had to go from um, in-person learning to remote learning. Uh, and we were also still able to keep our industry uh, guests uh, speaking with the students during that time. Again, um, the, the industry people we work with in the tech space are, are, are very comfortable with that kind of communication as well. Um, so, yes, I was really lucky there. One thing I did do, uh, I'm kind of quite active in a few different industry or interest groups in Dunedin. Uh, and also around New Zealand. So one of those is Tech Women. So um, I instigated and hosted weekly COVID catch-up uh, casual drop-in sessions during the, I think we did six weeks all together. And that was a really nice opportunity for uh, women in tech all around New Zealand to, uh, who are often stuck at home, sometimes by themselves or sometimes with crazy busy households, um, to just have some time and space and realise that, that they weren't the only people in that particular situation. Um, so that was quite social for me. Uh, I really enjoyed that. And the other one was around the game developers meetups. Um, so I work closely with that community here in Dunedin. And normally we have face-to-face -face events once a month. Um, but again, I, I thought that there's probably need to give that community a chance to, to meet people face-to-face, -face, even if it's online. Um, so I ran those for six weeks during uh, level four and level three lockdown as well. Uh, which were both really, um, really well received, lots of great conversations. And it just proves, I think, that importance for all of us to, to keep connecting with people, um, to keep realising that we are all in this together. You know, those feelings of um, anxiety and, and um, you know, um, <laughs> real concern about the world in general that's shared by everybody so so being able to help facilitate that and being part of those sessions was kind of part of my way of dealing with the whole COVID lockdown scene as well. It's interesting how the be kind message a could turn out to be a basis for policy and decision making but b it's so much deeper and so much more nuanced than 
have a nice day. Absolutely, absolutely. It's that um, I think kindness starts with empathy and you can only have empathy if you truly understand what the other person or people or parties are actually going with. So um, being kind really, to me, has to start with communicating with people. And and we've we've shown that that can be done remotely. It, it's not the same, but we, we're getting used to it. And perhaps what we're doing is recognising the limits of what can be done remotely. Yes, I think so. Um, I was attended a number of different Zoom uh, webinars and things during lockdown, having that little bit of time during the day. And um, it was, I think that there really is truly an art in facilitating uh, video conferencing um, gatherings in, in whatever format it might be. And uh, I, for me, I found that the people that could um, project the most warmth, the most um, energy, the most humour, um, and also was were able to engage um, on some more individual way with the people within that forum. Uh, it tended to be the the events that I was sort of most um, engaged with. Um, so it's certainly you know having that opportunity to be part of those things intensely for a number of months has really, I think, um, made all of us stop and think if we are facilitating those kind of things, how we go about doing that. And of course, that that plays out hugely in the online learning space. There is, um, I think there'll be massive transformations coming out of, of that in the next couple of years um, during and post-COVID. One of the reasons why we do travel to conferences and, and various things is not for the formal presentations but for the conversations in the corridor and around the coffee and waiting for the coffee and, and dinner do you think we've got better at replacing that sort of human contact i think it really depends on the individual um, I think there's always going to be people that aren't entirely comfortable uh, with a screen room of people. Um, I think if you are facilitating something like that, I think the ability through Zoom or whatever to have smaller breakout rooms and have a, uh, a smaller and less potentially intimidating audience for, for people who are not entirely comfortable um, in that kind of scene is definitely a huge help. And, and we did utilise breakout rooms, say, for the Women in Tech webinars. Um, I, I think we're getting better, but I, I, um, there is no substitute from sitting across the table uh, with a, another human or groups of people reading body language, uh, the nuances of the responses that are nonverbal to other people's um, statements or conversations and so on. Um, without pretty much a full body scan, I think you're going to miss out on a whole lot of stuff always. <laughs> yeah. Talking of no substitute, let's take Tahu Mackenzie. Bubble sprite of the forest of Orokanui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mihi arohanui, kia koutou, ko all having the best day. Beautiful superstars in your beloved universes. I really hope wherever you are and whatever is happening this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding very nourishing is illuminating for you more and more each day who you are triumph of nature perfect unique here making things better 
thank you. So of course we are here as the product of literally billions of years of co-evolution. And every day we continue that process, every second, every millisecond we continue that process. And whilst all life is connected in an infinite web, we may not always be aware of the impact of our behaviours on one another. And particularly over the last several years, we're becoming more and more of the importance of sustainability in all that we do. Sustainability is key to achieving health and well-being for our paradise planet and for all life on our paradise planet. And understanding and practicing sustainability often comes back to notions of balance. And understanding balance, I love language, and understanding balance, of course, is really something which is either changing and even needing to be redressed. And I'm experiencing this for myself at the moment. I'm sure many of us are, because of course we've moved together through lockdown level four, level three, level two, and now we are back in level one. But for much of the rest of our paradise planet, unfortunately, they are not. And so not only are we having to redress this balance for ourselves, for beautiful Aotearoa New Zealand, but we're also having to work in tandem with other parts of our paradise planet who are in quite a different situation. So it's a very fascinating and important time for us to be alive and contribute our unique gifts and perspectives to making things better. And for me, of course, I've been finding it really interesting, as I'm sure you all have, when our home universe is also our work universe, and when our relaxation time and our work time and our self-care time and all of these different aspects of ourselves that we're supporting and caring for can become out of balance because all of these things are occurring in close proximity to one another. And there's been a very interesting study that's come out of the Netherlands saying that for many people now, because they are working increasingly from home, when they're trying to relax and they're lying on the couch and they're having a wonderful time and eating a yummy chocolate bar or whatever they're enjoying eating there are all these distracting thoughts that come in and say you know you shouldn't be doing this lying about and eating yummy chocolate bars you should be jumping up and down and building your six pack and writing your next novel and finishing your board report and whatever it is and so the actual benefit of these wonderful relaxation activities is not fully felt and again this is a call for balance to be redressed And what this study has suggested is that we schedule our downtime and we consciously say, this is my time to relax. I'm not going to berate myself with all these other wonderful responsibilities that I have. I'm going to fully engage with this relaxation and thereby sustainably reap the benefits of it and sustainably continue to fulfill many different roles in this universe. So that is a bit of a a wonderful learning for me but also I think for all of us that this is such a new time I know for myself over lockdown I gained a lot of new skills and awarenesses and I'm constantly seeing now how I can reintegrate those with my life to behave and practice sustainability each day and find that balance for myself anew so I hope that you're all enjoying this journey and I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Thanks so much. Kaikite. 
So now you're back to your commute. I am. One thing I did miss was driving my little hybrid car. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For me, and I think this is quite common from a lot of people that were working from home um, and have had commutes, you actually uh, do do a lot of preparation uh, for the day and also a lot of unpacking and kind of processing and almost putting things aside. Um, So it was quite an interesting thing going from a 45-minute car ride before and after work to a, uh, we have a very small cottage, you know, pretty much a 10-step commute from the kitchen to to work. Um, And so I I know a lot of people, um, you know, I was reading tips and suggestions online and people would actually go for a walk and then go into the office um, at the beginning or the end of the day, do the same thing, kind of walk out of the office, um, go for a walk and then come back into the home to allow that almost... um, mental door closing and that mental transition to work from home and vice versa um yeah so do you think we're getting back to a back to normal or is it back to a new normal what do you think's happening i guess it depends what um in what context we're measuring this um I know for for my immediate family, yes, things are pretty much normal, except, of course, for uncertainty into next year with changes to to work. And um, my husband has a a part-time role in the tourism industry, which, of course, is hugely affected. Um, So, you know, in our immediate circle uh, and probably um, a lot of layers of New Zealand society, it's probably as back to the almost normal as it's going to be. Um, of course, there are there are people in our country that are, are hugely disrupted and, and things are probably never going to be as they were. Um, you know, that's kind of, I guess, the next layer of, of impact um, that I feel. And, um, you know, I, I, my daughter's in year 10 now and normally she'd be thinking and dreaming of going on an overseas experience, the big OE, when she leaves school. It's like, well, actually, that's not something I'm going to be uh, actively encouraging just yet because we, we literally don't know if that's going to be possible in, in two or three years' time. We cannot see exactly what the future holds. Hmm. Do you think it's a, a recovery, a regeneration? How are you seeing the 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 direction? I um, think that there was a lot of intention to make some really uh, really quite huge changes in in individuals' lifestyles and all that kind of thing, uh, and and I'm guilty of this as well. But I think that for 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 a lot of us, it's really easy actually to slip back into how you used to do things. It's, it's really hard to make change. I'm not saying it's not worth it, but it certainly takes a lot more effort to make those changes to your lifestyle, to your purchasing uh, habits, to your viewing habits, to your recreational activities um, than it is to actually just kind of go back to how it was because that's easy and everybody knows how that works. So I... I don't think we've gone far enough with the transformation and change. I think on a, a national level, um, you know, around government policies and so on, I think personally that um, 
again, it's, it's harder for them to make change. And I know there was a lot of chat around these shovel-ready construction projects, for example, um, and a whole lot of investment pumped into them, which are fabulous. Um, but once those projects are done, then they're done. And um, because of the space I'm in with work in the tech sector, I know that there was a lot of, um, I guess, um, what's the word? Questioning as to why there hasn't been more investment into, say, tech education, um, technology companies and being supported to scale up more quickly. Um, it's a more sustainable uh, industry to support than a lot of, of our major export earners right now, for example. Um, so there's been some changes I see, but uh, it hasn't been the complete revolution that I think a lot of us actually hoped for. Maybe it's because the tech industry is so light-footed that you can't really tell if a computer's sitting idle. If a line of diggers sitting idle, it's pretty obvious. That's true. That's, that is quite true. Quite true. <laughs> what do you think? Why do you think New Zealand has been so successful, so far at least? Oh, look, I, I, um, I'm a unashamed Jacinda fan. Um, I, I'm a student of her style of leadership. Um, the empathy that she has for people um, in the country and also for um, for other other nations. I think that um, she is one of a wave of, of new, I'm going to say new generation leaders where it's less about ego and more about actually the greater good. Um, and I... Um, I think that um, you know her and her her administration have done a, a fabulous job. Sure, there's been some hiccups, but if you look at um, how we've done compared to countries that are massively larger, massively more resourced as far as policy uh, re research and implementation and everything goes, we've done okay. And I'm I'm super super grateful to to be in the position that we're in now. It's, as I say, it's not perfect, but. I don't think there's any other country in the world that can um, could, could be as comfortable as we're sitting just now, health-wise and economy-wise. Yeah, and it's not a matter of the, the hiccups of the problem. It would be a problem if we didn't respond to them because we're going back to the that old metaphor, we're building the plane that we're still flying. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that was one of the, the things I really loved watching during lockdown was the fact that um, the government wasn't making promises three weeks out in such a rapidly changing uh, environment. It was like, we will make those decisions when we've got all the data to, to support the right decision and we don't know what that is yet. So, um, yeah, I think that that was definitely the right approach to take. And, and it's still the right approach to take. Things are still changing uh, faster than, than anyone could consider, really, or, or not consider, but could have forecast six months ago. Let's take the second of your music choices. Let's have Akuna Matata from The Lion King. <laughs> Why this one, Kylie? <laughs> um, oh, look, it, it responds to the inner child in me, which is often not very, very deeply buried. Um, it's a road trip song. My sister and I, um, my sister, sorry, my daughter and I always um, sing as we go 
through Otamatata. Um, and I love the, the idea that, you know, no worries for the rest of your days. And, and that's obviously a very naive approach. Um, however, as I as I get older, I think that I'm tending to worry less about things in some ways because you actually realise you can't control everything. You have to actually let some things go. Otherwise, and this is something I found during lockdown, otherwise if you take on the worries of the world all the time, you will be um, not able to do your best work and, and be your best person. You have to be positive and, and learn how to worry about what you can influence and, and you have to park the other stuff to some extent. Yeah. Hakuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. Hakuna Matata. Ain't no person craze. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's our problem free. Why, when he was a young warthog? When I was a young warthog! Very nice. Thanks. He found his aroma like a certain appeal. He could clear the savannah after every meal. I'm a sensitive soul, though I seem thick-skinned. And it hurt that my friends never stood downwind. And oh, the shame! He was a change! What a change in my name! Oh, what's in a name? And I got downhearted! Time to feel! Every time that I... Hey, Pumper, not in front of the kids. Oh, sorry. Hakuna Matata What a wonderful phrase Hakuna Matata Ain't no passing craze It means no worries For the rest of your days Yes, sing it, kid It's our problem free Philosophy Hakuna Matata
it's interesting what families do in cars. There's the there's a fence line just south of Cherry Farm on a hill over to the right that's got an arrow, and the arrow perfectly lines up with the the hill behind it. And I like to think that when they were younger, I convinced my kids that every time you went past that arrow, you had to um, you had to crow like a cockerel. <laughs> awesome. One of our things is holding our breath over bridges. Yeah, yes. And there's some long bridges on the drive up to Christchurch. There's also there a good sign. There's also a good sign in Palmerston. It's on the side of the railway, but it's kind of beside the road as well. That says, "Do not pass this point in a normal position." <laughs> I'll have to have a look for that, Sam. Yeah, so that's a good instruction to the kids. So you have to, uh, you know, you can't get past it unless you do this. It's a rule. <laughs> awesome. What do you think we can take from how we've responded to the pandemic for bigger sorts of questions, climate change, social justice and so on? Wow, that is a big question. Um I think one of the one of the really good things about how um, we've handled COVID as a country is making sure that there was buy-in and inclusion from all different sectors of our society. Um, I really loved the way that, for example, there was accommodation made available to homeless people. Um, I've, I have been wondering how that's translated uh, and translating into um, the post-COVID environment. For example, if we could do it for that, why can we not do something more going forward? Um, so around, you know, social equity, um, supporting people, um, that that um, phenomenon that you read lots of different stories about organisations being faced with redundancies and the staff actually um, coming together and taking a collective decision to take a small pay cut to enable more of them to keep their jobs and that kind of thing. Um, those, those little sacrifices that lead to, to greater good, I think that's something that we should all be trying to apply to climate change uh, and the other big issues facing our country. Um, the other thing is that we shouldn't be bound by what's happened before because this is a whole new future that it's up to us to make it how we think it should be. So we shouldn't be scared to be having those blue sky ideas doing the very best we can to to enable them to happen three or four years ago if someone had said new zealand will not allow single-use plastic bags people would have gone don't be stupid and that's happened what else can we do if we pull together and and come together on our goals and make sure everyone's got that common alignment and can see the benefits to themselves as well as to the greater the greater community and the planet it's going to be interesting in the future whenever a politician or somebody says, well, we just can't possibly do that. Well, you wouldn't have thought you could close the economy down for, for several weeks. You wouldn't have thought you could put all these things in place. And we did. Yep, we did. That, that, and, change, and that change is possible. Absolutely. Um, 
again, that comes down to the leadership, that, that getting everybody on board uh, onto the, the same um, playing field and, and, and working towards the same goal. That's, I think, the key to making those big changes. Of all of the changes you've seen, societal level changes you've seen over this, what do you think is going to stick and, and what do you hope will stick? Hmm. I know that there are lots of organisations uh, and employees who really have embraced the idea of flexible working and working from home. Um, and that, I think, has got fantastic flow-on effect um, for any individual, um, but particularly, say, for families where um, if one or both parents are working in an environment where they need to commute to work, they need to do 40 hours and then they need to commute home again, um, the children are, are sometimes managed to, to be fitted in into that kind of a lifestyle, but really they only have a couple of days a week together. Um, I think uh, I really firmly believe that the more time families can spend together um, and when there's more focus on the family, that that's got to have long-term benefits for everybody involved, including our society. Um, I think that from a, an employment perspective for people who are currently in New Zealand with the, the greater acceptance and availability of remote work, either from around New Zealand or, or uh, working for offshore companies, for example. I think that's going to, um, that's not going to decrease. I think that will increase, if anything else, uh, which is great because that's, you know, employment coming to our doorstep, essentially, and funds coming into our economy. Um, I, I think that there's going to be um, a greater... Um, not reliance, but I think there has been a greater um, awareness of the value of data-driven decision-making, especially uh, around health and scientific um, scientific data that's become more understandable for the general population. And you know that's the that's the world we live in now. Data is is king. Um, so rather than, than hopefully what's going to happen more in the future is that decision makers won't be going by one particular aspect that they think their electorate is, is behind them on, but their decisions will be more driven by the hard, solid data uh, and um, using that data to inform policy making across the spectrum going forward is, I think, um, something that there's been a bit of an increase in during the lockdown experience and, and after. What this has shown is that when communicated right, people can understand the science. People can understand logarithmic curves. People can understand the R values and so on. These these are things which are, are you know, don't need to be hidden behind gobbledygook. Can be communicated and can be engaged with. Absolutely, yeah. That that accessibility and that. Um normalizing of those concepts yeah was was definitely key to to having that understanding and having everyone working towards you know the team of five million so i have some questions to end the show with what is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years oh gosh <laughs> oh you've sprung that on me a little bit sam biggest success um 
I personally undertook a study program um, as a mature age student and uh, completed a degree, which um, I do count as, uh, as a huge success. But if I'm, I'm talking um, sort of holistically, I think the fact that um, my family and I have made conscious decisions around lowering our impact on the environment around um, you know, reusable containers and things like that. Um, I purchased a hybrid car, which I'm so proud of, and I keep meeting at every opportunity um, because on a 55 kilometer each way commute, that's quite a big, uh, big effect. Um, yeah, so I, I think that, that I'm really proud of, of um, our small family unit being able to do that um, little step. We're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but but just making sure that that. Um, that concept of, of sustainability and is this the right thing to do long term is actually something that's part of more and more of our decision making going forward. What does, so sustainability, what does sustainability mean for you? Uh, sustainability for me is ensuring that we're not uh, over uh, overreaching our our um, our resource requirements, and in fact, more than that, it's actually um, I think sustainability is moved from from just the keeping things level to actually having to move into that regenerative space. Um, I mentioned our property has got lots of uh, old growth native bush in it, so we've got lots of lovely birdsong. Um, where where Every year we plant more and more native plants on there as well, which the, the, the bush is. Um, but it's it's not just keeping things as they are, but it's actually taking active steps to make things better and to help repair the damage that is um, is apparent around us. Yeah. So, I wrote my, yeah, my take on it. I wrote my honours dissertation on the patches of forest around, not quite where you are, but very close to. So I'm very pleased to hear that they're being taken care of. Doing our best and it's just so worthwhile. That's one of the um, one of the other wonderful things about, about going home uh, to my place if I am commuting is that it's just such a peaceful and beautiful place to, to spend time. Really lucky. So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So what's the superpower that's got you into our mansion? <laughs> um, I think maybe my, if I have one, my superpower would be around connecting people and connecting people with good ideas to help make those ideas uh, actually happen. I, I can, um, I'm quite lucky that I'm able to talk to and, and work with lots of different people um, from, from Dunedin region and, and around the country as well. And um, that's what I really love is bringing people together to have some impact in some way, whether it's inspiring people into uh, new careers or inspiring young, young girls into STEAM careers or whatever it might be. Um, that's what I love doing. I love it when the dots and the stars align and something really cool comes out of those conversations. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? 
Oh, yes. Yes, I do. Um, in a small way. I think I should be doing more. I absolutely should be doing more. But yes, I'm, I would definitely lean more to being an activist than a conformist. What motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Oh, people. I love people. I love hearing about what they're doing. I love, um, I love seeing people's growth. Um, whether that's through through a formal study, whether it's through casual coffee conversations with someone else who has got an interesting viewpoint on a project that they're working on, um, whether it's um, yeah, bringing individuals together to make bigger things happen. Uh, for example, we've got a game jam happening this weekend as part of Tech Week. And uh, it's a collaborative event um, between uh, Dunedin and Christchurch Game Developers Meetups. Uh, we've got sponsorship from Otago Polytechnic and uh, some of the game studios around the place as well. And, you know, this is the kind of event where someone can come in as an individual, have one skill set, meet up with uh, other people who have complementary skill sets to produce something that they couldn't have done by themselves. So that's that's what I really love seeing happen. An example of that kind of thing. So what challenge are you looking forward to in the next couple of years? I am really keen to get to Antarctica. What? <laughs> I know. It's on my bucket list. So um, I'm, I'm trying, if anyone's listening and has got some uh, some ideas on how to, to get me there, I really don't mind what I do, um, but it's just such an incredible landscape and incredible treasure on this planet. Um, I would really love to experience that firsthand. So that's my challenge is to get myself to Antarctica. I don't mind what I do, but yeah, bucket list for the next two years. That's a cool challenge. It will be very cool, Sam. You're right. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Oh, be kind. Don't don't stress about things you can't um, you can't change. You know, I, I'm really staring away from watching the news because it's it's um, obviously we have to stay informed, but. Um, it's it's pretty hard to take that on all the time, so don't don't sweat the stuff you can't change, and um, also be grateful for what we do have, whether it's um, your personal life, your personal connections, your workmates, your your wider community. Be grateful for all of that, and we are not islands. We we need people. We have to have people around us and work with people to do the things that have to be done going forward. Thank you for that. Now, I expect to hear from you that you're going cock-a-doodle-doo when you go past the arrow fence. You have to look out for it. And when you're coming south, you have to do it backwards. Oodle-doodle-cock. <laughs> loudly in your car as you go past that fence. It's getting harder to see as those trees are growing up, but I'm sure you'll look out for it. Let's go out. Because you've got an inner child and are a non-conformist, let's go out to the Muppet theme. Thanks, Sam.
You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles and their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution from Tahu McKenzie. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyers Bay, Dunedin, with Kylie Jackson in central Dunedin. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.